No, here you go. Anniversary picture. Mm -hmm. 23 years. Mm-hmm. Ah, I love my wife. <laughs> I mean, she is the center of my universe. Well, I guess God is the center of my universe, but she'd be more like Mercury. I'm really not good with geography. Mm -hmm. Hear me, world. I am blessed, and I love this lady. I love her, I love her, I love her, I love her. She has more character in her pinky than I do my whole body. And I've been told I'm a character. Uh-huh. She's seen my feet. Oh? And she still loves me. My mom still makes me wear socks when I go into her house. Even in the summer, flip-flop season, socks. <laughs> and she gets more and more beautiful year after year. And I know it's not about the outside. Because her heart, oh, it's amazing. Hmm. She still makes me laugh. <laughs> still takes my breath away. And at the end of the day, She's the one I want to see. Yeah. She's my person. I love her. Have you told her? Hmm? Have you told her all of that? Have you not been listening to what I've said? So you haven't told her? She knows. How? I asked her to marry me, didn't I? This speaks louder than words. What a lucky lady she is. Tell me about it. Well, good morning, Oakwood. Um, yeah, we'll get to that in just a second, okay? Before we really dive in, I want to say uh, something about our Say Yes campaign. Last year, we did an entire month of Say Yes with messages and everything. I, we, we talked about this. We don't think we need a full month this year because you guys are, are so good right now and so generous with your time and your abilities to volunteer that we think we can do this in two weeks, this week and next week. And the truth is, if you're here today, um, church is probably pretty important to you. And through this whole COVID thing, we have lost a lot of our, our, our regular workers, a lot of our regular uh, volunteers, and so we need your help. So uh, you can meet me right back here, uh, right outside our offices, um, and I'll kind of help you find somewhere to get plugged in and volunteer because we need you. And it's so easy to say yes, so don't say no, all right? All right, let's get to, get to this. Um, what women need but men don't know. Oh, boy. Last week was kids' time. Uh, this week, let me just tell you, I've had a lot of offers for help. I've been looking forward to this, but I've had a lot of offers to help. Rather than to play that little video, uh, someone suggested we play... Michael Martin Murphy's song, You're Talking to the Wrong Man. Hmm. And then somebody else said, if a man speaks in the forest and there's no woman to hear it, is he still wrong? <laughs> in, in the research this week, um, I, I was talking and looking for needs for women, and so I actually was Googling that, and I came across 
this book. It was the 25th anniversary of this book called What Men Know About Women. So I, I took the bait and I clicked on it because I thought, hey, this sounds interesting here. I want to see what this book's all about. Well, it's a 100-page book, but I didn't buy it, okay? But when you open it up, it's blank. Every one of the 100 pages are blank. So that tells us that men don't know a lot about women. Um, Dr. John Gray had a book, and maybe you've read it or heard of it, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. Well, just the name of that tells you that men and women are, are different. And let's face it, men and women are vastly different, and we struggle to relate to each other and struggle to figure each other out. I first preached on men and women and their needs about 20 years ago, and even though this world has changed a whole lot over the last, well, especially this year, the, what I have found out that the basic needs of men and women have really not changed over the last 20 years. While this world continues to change, our basic needs that we have really haven't. Now, I don't consider myself a, an expert on the needs of women, but I will tell you what qualifies me is that I have been married over 30 years, and I've spent many hours listening to each of you talk sometimes, and have counseled couples and listened to their problems and the, you know, the frustrations that they've had. And I've also read what the Bible says about that. So I think it qualifies me to be able to share with you some the needs that women have. We're actually going to use two texts today. The first one is found in Ephesians chapter 5, beginning with verse 21. Then we're going to jump over to Galatians chapter 3 and read a couple of verses there. You can follow along on the screen with me if, you, if you'd like to, but we'll begin with verse 21. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit to yourselves as your own husbands, as you do to the Lord. Now, men, men love, husbands love that verse. But here we go, men, before you get too arrogant. Um, verse 23 says, For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, which he is the Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husband loves your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In this way, the same way husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated his own body, but they feed it and care for their own body, just as Christ does the church. For we are members of this, his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery. But I am talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of, uh, of you must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Now flip over to Galatians chapter 3. Verse 26 says, So in Christ Jesus, 
you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have been clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. Now the scriptures teach us three vital principles about women. In Genesis 1 and 2, we find that God created two beings. The first was a man, the second was a woman. And they are the most beautiful, precious of all of His creations, and they are to rule over everything else, all the other creations. The second thing that we find out that men and women were created with an inborn need for each other. And the third thing in the Scripture we just read in Galatians is that in Jesus Christ, male and female, man and woman, are both equally valued. And not just men and women, but in the kingdom of God, we're all equally valued, regardless of race, gender, language, culture, or age. Well, with that understood, men and women are completely different. Most men won't hesitate to pay $2 for a $1 item that they really need, okay? On the other hand, most women won't hesitate to pay $1 for a $2 item that they don't want or don't need, okay? I've been shopping with, with women before, that's true. The difference can be also seen in the way they approach marriage. Most men get married and they love their wife so much and they don't want them to change. They think they're perfect. And they're hoping that they never change, that their looks never change, they never gain any weight, never uh, age, nothing, okay? Women, on the other hand, marry hoping that they can change their guy into what they want them to be. So, you see, we, we approach marriage completely different. Today we're going to look at some needs that are timeless, that women have. And maybe you're thinking, I don't have a, a, a wife. Well, you probably have a sister. Maybe you have a, a daughter in your home, whatever. Even if you're not married, these are needs that women have that I believe if we're attentive to these needs, it's going to make our world a better place and it's going to make us a, a, a better person as well. It's going to help us become more relational. Number one is women need to receive love. So if you're taking notes, that's the first one. Women need to receive love. You see, we're born with this need for affection. And when we are loved unconditionally, like we talked about last week, the type of love that God has for us that we, He knows everything about us, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and He chooses to love us anyway. When women are loved unconditionally like that, that gives them a lot of security, a lot of comfort. And when a woman knows that someone truly loves her in that way, it sends a very, very powerful message. But not all of, a, not all of us have had the privilege of growing up in a loving home. And so sometimes we use that as an excuse. Well, that isn't how I grew up, and I didn't grow up to be very loving, and so just, that's a cop-out, okay? All of us can choose and can learn to be more loving, regardless of what type of a home you grew up in. Even if love was not expressed, you can still learn to love. 
the late uh, Dr. Gary Smalley, and I've used his material and read his books for, for many, many years, but he wrote a book, and actually we've had it as an optional uh, class that we've offered several times here, The Five Languages of Love. And he identifies five acts or uh, things that we can do that we either express or receive love. And he said most of us express or receive love in one of these five ways. So I thought I'm going to touch on those real quick first. Uh, the first one is words of affirmation. Words of affirmation. We all like to receive compliments and affirmation. We like to be told, hey, you've done something really good. I'm really proud of you. You're good at that. Great job. The wisest man who ever lived and, and the guy who could compliment women more than any of us here. Listen to what he wrote in, in Song of Solomon. This is his compliments to his woman. He goes, your hair is like a flock of goats. Your teeth are like freshly shorn sheep. Your neck is like an ivory tower. Your nose is like the Tower of Lebanon. Okay, now, guys, there's no way we can compete with Solomon, okay? I mean, you're talking about a smooth talker and able to compliment. But I'm not sure that I would recommend that you compare your wife's nose to one of the largest towers in the Middle East, you know? Might not go well. Just saying. But women do need to hear a lot of compliments. I appreciate your work. I appreciate what you've done. I like the way that you do, and you can fill in the blank. You are so good at that. You're a great mom. You're a great wife. You work so hard to make our home a comfortable place. And I appreciate that. You make me want to be a better person. Words of affirmation. Second is quality time. Quality time means giving someone your full attention. We talked about that a little bit last week. It might mean turning off the TV. It means putting down your phone and actually giving them your attention. Looking them in the eye and having that conversation. Now, quality time isn't just one-on-one -on -one looking somebody in the eye, but it's doing something together. It might mean going for a walk, bike riding together, playing some type of a sport together, a hobby. It might mean traveling in a, in a car. It might mean doing some yard work. But the goal here is to interact with each other and spend time together. And that is so crucial in the long-term health of a marriage that you spend some quality time together. Now, according to the Couples Christian Counseling Study, they did a, a, a research study in January of 2018, and they found out, listen to this, that the average married couple spends four minutes of quality time together a day. Four minutes of quality time together a day. That's 28 whole minutes in a week. And we wonder why so many marriages fall apart. Hey, I'm giving you almost 30 minutes. What more do you want? 28 minutes of quality time. 
Friends, it takes a lot longer than that to, to have a great relationship. Third is receiving gifts. This is a, a way of expressing love that says, I'm thinking about you. Now, receiving a gift means it's something that you can put in your hands and you can hold. It might be something that you bought. might be something that you've made. Maybe you've been traveling out of town on a trip or you've been gone and it, you brought back this little token that says, you know, I thought about you while you were gone or I was gone, and so I brought this back. It might mean dropping by their workplace with a sonic drink, but it's something that they can put into their hand to say, this is an object of your love. Men, women love flowers, and um, a lot of us consider it kind of an impractical gift, right? Because what happens to flowers a few days after you buy them? They die, right? And so we kind of think, why buy these flowers? Because they're just going to die. Women love flowers. And what that tells them is that you love me enough to do something totally impractical. It's impractical to buy these flowers, but you love me enough that you're going to buy them anyway. Fourth way is physical displays of affection. Most women predominantly sense affection by being touched, hugged, kissed holding the hand, putting our arm around there. Insurance companies did a study, and they found out that men are safer on the roadways if they kiss their wives before they leave every morning, have less accidents on the freeway and less, less accidents on the road. They also found out that if they kiss their wives at night, they live longer. So men, for your safety on the road and for your health, Kiss your wives, okay? Fifth is acts of service. These are actions which ex express a willingness to meet daily needs. Helping around the house. Maybe some housework. Maybe washing her car. Fixing something that is broken. Or maybe attempting to fix it, okay? Sometimes it's a thought that counts. Doing this little project around the house, taking out the trash, acts of service. And when you do these things, you're telling your wife that you love her and that you're committed to her. Second need that women have is clear communication. Clear communication. Now, it shouldn't surprise us that women love to communicate. Okay, On average, women talk far more than men. Okay, now, I'm, I'm saying on average. I know there are, are exceptions to every rule. But on average, women communicate more and talk more than men. And they often communicate in way different ways. And sometimes, men, what a woman says isn't really what she means. I came up with a whole list of stuff, and I took this home, and, and Leah scratched some out already. She kind of proofed this. But I want to help you guys out because I want to tell you some things that women say and then I want to translate what they, what they really mean, okay? I'm fine. Translated means I'm not fine. This discussion is over. Fine, do whatever you want. Again means that they're not fine. 
like when you ask to go fishing on their birthday. It's a, um, it's kind of a test, fellas, okay? Yeah, you can go, but you know what that's going to mean. I'm almost ready, which could mean 10 minutes. It could mean 30 minutes. It could mean an hour. It means they'll be ready when they're ready. Find yourself something else to do in the meantime. We need to talk. That means um, I need to talk. You need to listen because you're in big trouble. <laughs> Men, if women says, say to you, I don't mind, actually they mind very much, okay? That's a test. When they say, when you ask them, is anything wrong? Nothing, okay? There most certainly is something wrong. And they're upset, like, you seriously even had to ask that? Whatever. Means, okay, guys, you've won that round, but they're not going to admit it. That just means we're not going to talk about this right now. Does this make me look fat? Guys translated, that means they want you to tell them that they look pretty, okay? They look great. If they say, I'm not hungry, I'm not going to order anything, guys, order extra because that means they're going to eat off of your plate. Amen. I'm tired. Guys, I'm going to let you figure that one out. I'm tired. Sorry, What? That means they're giving you a, a uh, chance to rephrase whatever it is you just said to keep yourself out of trouble. Guys, if she says, I'm not mad, she's mad. <laughs> if they ask you, do you think she's pretty? What they really want to know is, tell me I'm pretty. If they say maybe, that means no. If they see, we'll see, that also means no. Yes will mean yes or maybe, but probably no. <laughs> and if they say no, guys, this is really a confusing one, because it might mean no, it might mean maybe, it might mean we'll see. Who really knows? I could share some of those that, you, that uh, Leah scratched off. What do you think? I think I'm being baited in, into this. I see Leah, she's shaking her head. How about just one? Just one? Do I have yet permission to do that? I'm sorry, I'm PMSing, which means... That's an, a, a get-out-of-jail-free card for them because they can say and do whatever they want to say to you, and they're apologizing in advance. I'm going to quit. Leah's saying, stop, okay? <laughs> Women need clear communication. Several years ago, Harvard University researchers studied 
the speech pattern of four-year-old little boys and girls. And they found out, listen to this, that 100% of the words spoken from four-year-old little girls had to do with communication. They were either talking to someone, talking to an imaginary friend, or maybe that they were talking to themselves, but they were communicating. On the other hand, only 60% of the words that came out of a little boy's mouth had to do with communication. The other 40% were noises either of animals or machines. <laughs> and I believe women understand the importance of communication far better than men. And that's why women can have a long, deep conversation with somebody that they hardly know. True story. I, I came home the other day, and Leah was on the phone just laughing and going on, and, and, and she talked 35 or 40 minutes, maybe an hour, and, and I thought she was talking to one of her friends. I, I said, who, who are you talking to? Oh, that's so-and-so. Well, who is that? Well, I met them today at work, okay? Just meeting somebody, and now they can have this long, meaningful conversation, and guys, when we understand that, it's going to help us out a lot. Communication is one of the greatest sources of conflict between men and women. Most of the time, women talk to express emotion. Most often, men talk to solve problems, right? We like to tell women how to solve their problems. They don't want to solve their problem. They just want to talk about it. Women communicate to deepen relationships. And when we have poor communication, it can create loneliness and even lead to frustration. But listen to this, guys, okay? Pay attention to this. Effective communication strengthens the relationship and it increases intimacy within that relationship, okay? Learn that. That's why Paul said, in Philippians 2, 4, don't just think about your own affairs, but be interested in others too and in what they are doing. Third need that women have is they need a lifelong commitment. You know, we live in the, the age of the disposable. Pretty much anything that we have is a throwaway item anymore. How long has it been since any of you have called a TV repairman? A long time, right? If a TV now breaks, you just throw it away and you go get another one. Back in the day, when your TV broke, you actually called somebody to come in your house and they fixed the TV. The same way with your microwave. When your microwave goes on the blink, you just throw it away and you get a new one. Washers, dryers, refrigerators, they're all pretty much about the same thing. We don't fix anything. Does anybody recover their furniture much anymore or just go get a new one what about a lawnmower when it breaks the motor wears out used to you overhauled the motor you put new wheels on you kind of rebuilt the thing now you just throw it away you get a new one in fact the new lawnmowers you don't even have to ever change oil that's how long they expect you to keep it for real And sadly, we live in a culture and society that treats marriage the same way. Things go bad rather than work on fixing that relationship. We just dispose of it. We get rid of it and move on to the next one. 
There's a reason in our marriage vows it says for better or for worse because, listen, men, there is going to come a time of worse. It's going to happen. There's a reason in our marriage vows that it's going to say till death do us part. God expects this to be a lifelong covenant and commitment. Every other relationship, every other commitment that you have on this earth is not the same as that lifelong commitment covenant that you have in a marriage. And guys, your wives need it. Your kids need it. And you need it. They need that kind of a commitment. That's why scriptures say over and over again, they take about, the, the scriptures talk about that type of love and commitment. The scripture we just read, Ephesians 5.25 says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. In Colossians 3.14, And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Proverbs 3.3 3, let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Matthew 19, 6. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. You see, when we make that type of a lifelong commitment, that means we seek to understand them. We're committed to them. Someone asked, Einstein's wife, if she understood the, rel the theory of relativity, and she said, well, no, I don't, but I understand Einstein. When we're committed to somebody, we're going to seek to understand them. When you're committed to someone like that, you're going to seek to meet their needs. And when you're in that kind of relationship, where legitimate needs are being met, love abounds. And lastly, and this is, I think, maybe the most important need that women have, is women need a strong Christian leader. They need a strong Christian leader. And I so wish that guys would understand this. Too many guys feel that when I take the lead as a as a spiritual leader in my home it it shows a weakness or it shows vulnerability i've said this before and, I, and it's worth repeating most guys don't have a problem praying for their wife or praying for their children but they have a real struggle when it comes to praying with your wife with your children I want to tell you something. It's time that men start being men and being the spiritual leader that God has called you to be. It's time to, to strap it up, guys. It's time to buck up and be what God has asked you to be. And please understand this. We are at war. We are in a culture war for the, for the souls, the lives, and the minds of your kids. Satan is trying to steal your family and sadly, too many guys just surrender without even putting up a fight at all. Let me speak uh, for just a moment to the women 
that are in this room that maybe are not married. Maybe they're married, but they're in a miserable marriage. Maybe their, their needs aren't being met in, in marriage. And the guy that they're with is not the, the husband, the father that they need him to be. so important that you understand this. God loves you. He values women. He said in the kingdom of God, men and women are equally loved and valued. And God understands how difficult this is for you. Maybe you're in that marriage and you feel like you're in it all by yourself. Maybe you're a single mom and you feel like you're in this all by yourself. Maybe you're in that marriage that you're struggling and you think, I just want to I, I just want to quit. I want to encourage you today, don't quit. God knows how hard your struggle is. And he wants you to know that he loves you very much and he cares very deeply for you. Maybe you're lonely, you're tired, and you feel defeated. Maybe you've got kids that are just jumping on your last nerve. This is the good news of Jesus, that he understands what you're going through. This is why he relates to you this morning. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am humble and gentle in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. You see, that scripture isn't just for lonely, discouraged women. It's for lonely, discouraged souls of anybody. Because there is so much hurt, so much discouragement in this world today. And I hear so many people say this all the time. I'm tired. I'm just I'm worn out. And Jesus said, come give your burden to me. And I'm going to give you rest. I'm going to take that burden from you. And I'm going to carry it. Because I see that you can't carry it any longer. You're, you're struggling. And I love you so much. I'm not going to allow you to carry that burden all by yourself anymore. I hope, regardless if you're a guy here, that you're married. Or maybe you're a single guy here. Maybe you're one of the teenagers uh, down here listening. These needs are for women and you're at some point in your life going to have women in your life that need these needs met and I hope you'll be the man that God has called you to be pray with me Lord we've talked about uh, the needs of women today Lord thank you for each and every woman that is here today regardless if they're a, a wife a mother a sister, a daughter. Lord, they are precious in your sight and you love them so much. Lord, I just pray that the men that are influencing them and they're, they're around will meet the needs that they have. But Lord, I'm confident that even if uh, the men around them and in their life fail, Lord, you will never fail. And I'm so grateful for that grateful that you're the savior of this world and you tell us today 
bring your burdens to me and leave them with me. In Jesus' name, amen.